Okay, guys. So to start, Ashley and I are having a disagreement. So <laughs> if you guys were listening to our last episode, mm. she found these cookies on Pinterest. Mm. And I told her one of the things that I had found on Pinterest is chocolate chip cinnamon rolls, where you unroll the cinnamon roll before you bake them and you line the inside with chocolate chips, roll them back up and bake them. And then the chocolate just oozes over and it's mm-hmm. ooey gooey and delicious. Ashley is crazy and she thinks that's crazy. too thinks that's too much. I think that's too much because then you're gonna put icing on top of it because I know you. Yes. What's wrong with that? That's <laughs> icing and chocolate. No. It's delicious and delicious. What's mm, no. well I don't see the issue much. here. So you know what? I'm going to have Ashley put a poll up on Twitter and you guys are gonna tell us what you think because mm. I'm thinking amazing and she's mm. thinking what? I'm just thinking it's too much. So there, that's going to be it. It's going to the poll's going to be either yummy or too much. Too much. All right. Let us know. And maybe I'm the crazy one. And if I am, so be it. I will own it. Okay. Okay. Speaking of, I am who I am. I'm Megan. <laughs> I'm Ashley. <laughs> and this is wine, wine and dine. Um. So we are going over our book club book of the month, which was Glazed Murder. If you guys wanted to read along with it and you haven't read along with it. Please don't listen to this episode yet. Like, we love that you guys came and you were mm-hmm. ready to listen. But we are going to be giving some spoilers. And by we, I mean Ashley. Because this month, we're trying something a little bit different. We all know how great Megan is at guessing shit. And <laughs> last Christmas, we did the whole how she makes a Hallmark out of nothing. If you guys haven't listened to that, I'm very proud of that episode. So feel free to listen to it. All Hallmark movies are the same. I can literally mad lib a har- Hallmark movie. So... I'm going to try to guess what happens next in the book that mm-hmm. Ashley has already read. Oh, sorry. Did I just make you spill that? It's okay. It's just water. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm taking a break from the wine. I've had a lot of wine this month, uh, and so I'm just having water today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is what it is, guys. Sometimes you just need to hydrate, especially when it's 96 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was not able to get the book um, this month. I tried to save money, and then I couldn't get it on Kindle, and I was going to borrow it, and then I got really busy and never got the chance to come get the book, so we're going to try something different, where mm-hmm. Ashley's going to start off, she's going to give us an uh, overall synopsis, she's going to start telling us how the story goes, mm-hmm. and then she's going to randomly stop, and I'm going to see how close I can get mm-hmm. to guessing what happens next, because mm-hmm. I don't know, we've gone over this before. One of my ratings for books is predictability. How easy was it for me to just guess what was going to happen next? So based on a book that I have never read, I'm going Mm -hmm. to decide whether or not I would have liked it, and I'm going to rate it on predictability at least. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. um, Anyway, so once again, if you have not read Glazed Murder and you wanted to and you don't want the spoilers, please pause the episode, come back after you've read it. Otherwise... Or try to play along. Yes, or try to play along. That would be fun, too. Um, So if you guys did read it, remember it's Glazed Murder by Jessica Beck. If you have not, if you you did read along with us and you're ready, Mm -hmm. then let's jump into it. Okay, so we're going to start off in the small town of april springs north carolina our main character's name is suzanne after divorcing her husband max she decides to take her pension that Mm -hmm. she get or her settlement from the divorce by a donut shop in her hometown okay and is now making donuts for a living okay okay one day um normal day She's going to be doing it on her own because she switches on and off with her assistant, which is her cousin, I believe, which I don't remember the cousin's name. We'll just mm-hmm. put her as Anne. Um, actually, I think her name is Jessica now that I think about it. So her and Jessica normally run the shop. Well, mm-hmm. today is Jessica's day off, so she has to run the shop on her own. She goes to the shop and she starts making the donuts like she normally does. Everything's going smooth and dandy. She goes to turn on the lights <coughs> at the front of the store, and she hears a thud and sees a car speed off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she goes out to the front and finds that her dear friend is found dead. No! On her front stoop of her donut shop. So she calls the cops. And Officer Moore is the first one on the scene. He comes in and starts taking her statement down, comes to find out that it was one of her devoted customers that comes in quite frequently. His name is, I think, 
Brian. I'm not 100% sure, honestly. I'm so sorry. I'm bad with names. We'll say Brian, who is one of the investment bankers at their local bank. Sounds shot dead in front of her store. So she's giving her testimony, and she's actually doing quite well. Yeah. But Officer Moore, of course, goes above and beyond his job and makes sure he gets all the details. Writes up the report, gives it to her. And basically excuses his bad behavior because this is the first time he's ever seen a dead body in his small little town. Mm-hmm. And goes about his way. Her first customer of the day is her great friend, George, who was a ex-cop. And he's a little bit of an older gentleman. But, it, you know, instead of just being, you know, non-working and taking retirement, he works a little bit on the side at the courthouse. So she... He's already informed as to what happens and tells him, hey, I saw, I found, I heard that Brian was found dead in the front of your donut shop. Oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, are you okay? How's everything going? She says she's fine. She's doing good. You know, trying to keep steady into, you know, her everyday routine. Well, you know, he pats her on the hand, says she's doing great. Well, business is starting to boom because word of mouth is going around. And nobody's better at word of mouth. Now, business is starting to boom because her donuts are so good or because someone died in front of her because shop someone and people died. want details? Okay. We have a very gossipy town. Okay. Yeah, it's a southern town. I get it. I'm yeah, feeling it. It's a very gossipy town. And so the next person in the, that is of notice is her BFF, Grace. And Grace is freaking out on behalf of... Suzanne going, oh my gosh, can't believe this happened. OMG, why didn't you call me? All this stuff. And Suzanne's like, look, Grace, this is what's happening. I'm trying to keep it cool. I'm trying to keep it under wraps. Like, I'm just trying to go about my day. Like, I'm so sick and tired of telling everybody the same story. I don't know what happened. I didn't see anything. What I did see was a guy in a ski mask that had a jacket on and the jacket had some sort of cat on it. Yeah. I don't know. Grace then leaves. And we close out our day, our day one, with her gossipy business neighbor, and we'll call her Kelly, because I don't honestly remember the name. Um, She is an older woman. She works at a thrift store. But she is the queen of the town's gossip circle. Mm -hmm. So... She brings Suzanne in, and she is, of course, you know, here's some tea. Come sit with me. You must have had a really hard day. need to unwind. How, you know, is there anything I can help with? You're so strong. Of course, she's trying to get shit out yeah, of her. Yeah, she the info. Are you she kidding me? She the info. And Suzanne just kind of, like, doesn't really give her anything. Pretty much tells the same story. She told Officer Moore, Grace, George, everybody. Everybody knows. So, Kelly, you know, pats her on the hand, and, you know, she goes about her way. Susanna goes home. Her mom's wigging out because she's a good southern mama and is worried about her baby. hmm And Suzanne pretty much does the same thing. I'm just tired, mama. I've had a long day. It's been a very stressful day. Goes about her way. Day two, she goes into the shop, and her assistant... Um, Jessica is there. And, of course, Jessica, being in her early, early 20s, is all going crazy at the fact that, you know, she feels bad. I wasn't here to help you. I wasn't here. You were all by yourself. Oh, my gosh. But Suzanne, Susan's just like, look, this is how it is. We're going to move forward. We're not going to, we're not going to try to think about it. However, the more Susan thinks about it, the more Susan realized because of her tiff with the chief of police, that they may not be taking her safety seriously. So Susan then gets it in her head that it is a good idea to try to solve the murder of Brian by herself. Suzanne is. Yes. Okay. Okay, so there's there's kind of like our little bit of intro. So on day two, George comes in because he's a, his, the first always good, loyal BFF customer that she has. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he starts telling her, you know, oh, Brian was into some shady stuff, man. He was like in really crazy debt and, you know, all this stuff. He was in debt, you know, he, you know, all this weird stuff was happening right up to the time he died. You know, I just don't think this is smart. That you're looking into this by yourself. Let me help you. Yeah. 
So she enlists the help of George, and George is really there to pretty much get information for her. Well, Jessica hears what's happening, and Jessica wants to help. So Suzanne pretty much goes in that roundabout way that all parents do to children, go, yeah, of course you can help. Yeah, sure. Really, Jessica doesn't get to do anything, sadly enough. However, BFF Grace comes in later in the day and goes... I heard from so-and-so that you are taking it upon yourself to go and try to find out why Brian was murdered. Are you fucking out of your mind and you're crazy? Why are you doing this? And then she literally does a 180 and goes, you're not doing this alone. I'm going with you. And that's it. That's final. You can't do this all by yourself. She then tells Grace, yes, sure, fine. You can help me find out who killed Brian. No problem. Totally help me out. You're my gal. Thanks. So she has all these leftover donuts for the end of the day. And Susan decides to start off her sleuthing. She should take him to the bank since that is like where, where, he, works. where he works. Okay. So he, she takes about the leftover donuts for the day to the bank and runs into his secretary. The secretary is, of course, bawling her eyes out, weeping hysterically. So like he did something higher-ish level at the bank if he had a secretary. No, he was like an a, a investor. Okay, okay, okay. So Brian was investing. He was the bank investor for April Springs. His secretary was bawling, and, you know, Suzanne Suzanne tries to comfort her and hands over the donuts, or explains that one of the box of donuts is for her, and she's like, well, I'm on a diet. I can't really eat all these. She's like, well, you share them with your colleagues. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. And then Suzanne cocks up the scheme as to maybe find out what Brian was getting into around the time of his death. She tells the secretary, hey, Brian had me make these extra donuts and wanted me to send them to his clients that he was working with recently. Who were they? And at first, the secretary is a little bit reluctant, but then she finally gives Suzanne the information. One of the clients is a broker... Um, and the other one is a construction company. So Grace gets the information and then decides to go that day over to both of the, um, businesses. First, she goes to the brokerage person. She goes in through the door and she, the way the the person described it is it was very dirty, very sleazy kind of looking place. Mm -hmm. And the weird thing about it was how the numbers were written on the board. She distinctly says that the seven was weird because it was a upside down L with a line through it. So like really weirdly old fashioned drawn Mm -hmm. seven. And she starts talking to the, the, the person that runs the company and he's really that sleazeball kind of person where he's like kind of trying to hit on her, talking her up, you know, all this, this and that. And she kind of like gets a weird sleazy vibe from him. So she hands over the donuts. He doesn't really give her any information, unfortunately, other than he had a school teacher at one time that was really weird about how you write your sevens. Yeah. And the other thing was that, yeah, he used to work with Brian on some things every once in a while, but that was pretty much it. So she doesn't get a lot of information, unfortunately, from the brokerage gentleman. So she tries to have her tries her luck at the construction company. Unfortunately, she is barricaded right off at the front at the secretary at the construction company, where she describes the secretary as a blonde pole blonde haired pole and she literally had a vice grip on the donuts to yank the donuts away from her wouldn't even let her in through the front door so Suzanne gets in her car and then basically drives home defeated without having very much information but determined to get to the bottom of this however her ex is back in town oh shoot Max is back in town and the way we find out Max is back in town is on day three so she goes to bed, nothing really happening. Her and her mom kind of get in a small tiff because word's gotten around that Suzanne might be poking into stuff. Well, on day three, she opens up the shop again and she's cleaning it. George comes in. She tells George, hey, can you look further into these two companies? Maybe try to figure out what Brian was doing. Well, as she's cleaning down the shop, she looks across the street and she sees this gentleman reading the newspaper, but then standing out in a very weird way on the sidewalk across from her shop, every five seconds glancing from the the paper up at her shop at her shop 
And they accidentally make eye contact. And then she starts wigging out because the guy starts walking across the street to her and start, and, like, she immediately grabs, like, a knife. <laughs> well, I mean, what else is she going to grab? She's in a donut shop. It's not like she's just packing heat. I mean, she could. I don't know. So she grabs the knife and she kind of, like, starts going towards the front of the the store and the guy immediately grabs something off of his hip and thrusts it at the glass and she sees that he is a state cop so she lets him in his name is jake he is a state cop from north carolina he's there to investigate the murder of brian and he had some questions for susan so, Susan, again, gives him the same statement she gave Officer Moore and everybody else. This is what I saw. I heard a thud. I turned on the lights at the same time. I saw a car drive away, a man in a black jacket that looked like he had some sort of, like, tiger on the top, on it, printed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Jake is really kind of not rude, but... Just, like, all business type? Kind of all business type. Give me the information... You know, be compliant, let it be. Well, Jake leaves a little bit later. Officer Moore and Officer Grant comes in. And Officer Moore is talking up to Grant about how he loves the Panthers. The Panthers are amazing. You know, I am all about the Panthers. And Officer Grace like, dude, I don't even care about sports. Like, yeah, whatever. And Officer Moore comes up to the counter and basically apologizes to Suzanne. Like, hey, Suzanne... I was really kind of rude to you, you know, when we when I came on site, you know, and gave all this. I'm really, really sorry. That was the first time, again, like, I, I've done anything like that. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't, I was just in shock. Like, I really didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. And Grant is standing, like, off and, like, behind him and just kind of, like, staring at whatever. Like, he just kind of came over to come over with, with more. Um, but more buys a donut. She accepts his apology. They both leave. The next person to come in through the shop, lo and behold, is Max. Okay. Which is her ex-husband. And Max pretty much is there for one reason. And he tells her flat out that he is sorry that he slept with the homecoming queen. And, you know, it was a mistake. He wants to put it behind them and try to get back together. Susan pretty much shuts him down, goes, no, I'm not interested. You, you did this. You betrayed my trust. Get out of my store. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Max is slightly reluctant to go, but he goes, look, I'll give you all the time you want. Just know I'm, I, this is what I want. And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. All right, I'll have to stop right there. What do you think happens next? Because I have to literally think now of, of the next few steps in the story. So I think some weird stuff's going to start happening with Suzanne. I think she's going to be followed by someone, possibly. Okay. Um, her store's probably going to be broken into at some point. Okay. Um, I also think that for a while the police are going to suspect Max because he just came back into town to get her back. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be him, though. I think he's just there for drama. And I also think that maybe she's gonna get together with officer moore okay continue all right so day four she's making the donuts again her assistant grace is helping her george comes in and pretty much tells her i wasn't able to dig up very much on those two companies but the investment firm it's legit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how is that possible? He was so sleazy and shady. That can't be right. And he's like, no. Actually, it's the construction company that's bad. Mm-hmm. And so she was kind of really confuddled by this. And she wasn't sure. However, George also tells her that Brian had an insurance policy that he had on himself before he died. Who it's it? That's the, that's what I'm about to tell you. So George goes, unfortunately, I feel bad for his wife. She's not going to be able to get a cent. I guess he, Brian had pushed through their divorce papers a week prior to his death, and she didn't know about it. So she was in the assumption that she was going to get all the money. But unfortunately, now it's going to go all to the mistress. There was a mistress? 
So Suzanne, after working, decides she's going to close up shop, and she and Grace go and visit the wife. Mm-hmm. Now, when she goes there, there, her and Grace are trying to discuss like how they should handle it. Well, I guess they really didn't need to handle it because all they had to do was literally go up to the house and push open the door because the door was unlocked and Brian's widow is so fucking plastered she can barely make coherent senses. However, what she does tell Susan is that she's livid at the fact that Brian pushed through their divorce papers and that she's not going to get a fucking cent and it's all going to go to that hussy. Yeah. And she ends up telling who the hussy is, and they try to kind of help the widow a little bit there, kind of get her, like, try to sober her up, but in the end, they just decide to leave. Grace gets the information to the mistress's house. On the way there, they make the decision that their cover story is, is that... They are journalists and are there to write an article about the death of Brian. Okay. When they get in there, the mistress is a mousy-haired girl with thick-rimmed glasses. So not a bombshell stunner. Yeah. And so Susan's kind of like, I don't understand why you would leave your wife for someone who looks like that. Mm -hmm. And at at first, the mistress is reluctant to let them in because she first assumes that they're cops. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, no, no, we're not cops. We're actually writers from blah, blah, blah. And she immediately assumes they're there because she has sent letters to the newspaper saying they need to come interview her. about her amazing butterfly collection. Or moth collection. I think it's moth collection. And they're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we're here for. So they go in and she takes them to this room that is covered in, like, tacked moths. Yeah. Like, creepy shit. Like, creepy, creepy. And so they try to pump her for information. And she's like, yeah, my boyfriend died, unfortunately. And she she's not off-putting, but she's kind of... She tries to play it off as, I'm distressed. I'm not really, like, in right of mind. And they pretty much tell her, oh, yeah, you're going to be getting his insurance money, right? And she kind of deflects the question, like, no, I probably won't get it. It's probably going to his wife, like... No, I'm not. It's not even something to even to worry about. It's only going to be a thousand dollars. Like, she she kind of just leaves it as such. Yeah. So they leave the mistress's house, and her and Grace drive back. And she is Grace is pretty much chatting with Susan about the day. Susan tells her that Max is back in town. Susan get, and then. Grace gets really defensive. She pretty much tells Susan, under no circumstances, you should get back with Max. Max is bad news. Just don't do it, you know? And she gets really kind of offended. Grace says, no, I'm not interested in getting back with him. I want nothing to do with him. It's over. It's done with. Well, about this point, word has finally gotten around town and back to both the, uh, the police office and to Officer Jake that Suzanne's been pushing her nose into things and mm-hmm. hasn't been doing it very discreetly. Yeah. So he meets up with her and he basically tells her, look. Jake or more? Jake. Okay. Jake pretty much meets up with her and goes, look, you need to butt out of this. You need to stop. You're ruining my investigation. And she goes, I'm not going to stop. Officer, you know, the, the, the chief of police hates my guts. He's not going to take my information seriously. I'm just not doing it. Well, a few days pass. She doesn't do any sleuthing um, or anything like that. Grace then tells her, since, you know, you're kind of dead in the water, you know, what you really should do is go next door to your neighbor and pump her for information. And The town gossip. The town gossip. Okay. Susan pretty much says, no, I've already done that. And why should I do it again? And Grace pretty much explains, I'm guaranteeing you didn't do it right. So she... And Susan go over to the town gossips place of business and pretty much says, you know, we're here in a very nice way. 
lets her know we're here for some dirt, pretty much. And so she takes them back into the back room, makes a pot of tea, and pretty much tells Grace and Susan that while, yes, Brian was having an affair with the hussy, you know, by the end of the day, the the widower is going to get it all. Because... The widower? Even though they said that he took her out with a divorce or whatever? Yeah. Something got settled that's more or less it's going to go to the widower. Okay. However, it's not the, you know, 100000 that they thought it was going to be that she thought she was going to get. She's only going to get maybe $1,000. Okay. So it's not even going to be enough. It'll be only enough to bury her husband and that'll be it. Mm-hmm. it there's no payoff for it. Okay. Well, Susan after getting this information then decides to go back to the widower's house and try to get more information. So she finally gets to talk to the widower and the widower basically says, "Look, I don't even remember talking to you the last time. Because she was plastered. Because she was plastered. You know, I apologize for the things I might have said to you. And Susan's really, really nice. She's like, no, you were fine. You were grieving. It's okay. And she she pretty much opens up to the, you know, the widower. And the widower goes, I, I have no reason to... To, to do, lie. To or, lie or yeah. anything. You know, it's not even enough to bury him. And she and Susan goes, yes, I know. I'm sorry to hear that. And then on top of that, um, you know, she she pretty much spins the same story and basically shoes Susan away. So Susan decides then to go back to her house. And after she has dinner with her mom, the phone rings and it's Jake, Officer State Cop Jake, yep. who pretty much goes, "Butt out! I swear to God, lady, you're gonna get yourself in trouble." And they have an argument over the phone, and she disconnects. Well, later that night, she gets another call from an unknown source who pretty much tells her the same thing, but in a very more threatening tone. She then thinks, okay, I must be doing something right because I got threatened. Yeah. So, again, she decides to... Her and Grace then decide to cock up an idea and decide to go back to the insurance brokerage and the instruction company. However, Grace can't do it right away. So a few days kind of pitter on where Susan's doing her same, same old, same old. George is literally telling her, hey, there's some shady shit going down. I also heard about a dirty cop that was working with Brian. You know, I don't know who it is yet. I'm trying to figure that out. But you you need to be careful. And Susan's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> And then she goes back to her house, and Jake is there, and Jake has another conversation with her about, you know, you need to stop what you're doing, you need to stop poking your nose and things, or somebody, you're going to get hurt. And, of course, they've been flirting on and off this whole time. Her and Jake? Her and Jake. Okay. And so, so I picked the wrong cop, but you, know, you picked the wrong cop. Um, but after their argument, he kind of alludes to maybe calling her again later, but for not for the same reasons. But unfortunately, we're not able to get any further with that because guess who shows up on her front porch? Max. Max comes over. And of course, Max is very mad because he sees Jake. And Susan doesn't even let him get in through the front door. She's, she pretty much demands why he's there. And again, he tells her, look, I'm here to make everything right. I'm here to get back with you. And she pretty much blatantly tells him, you slept with the prom queen. Uh, my. I have no desire to have you in my life. And he goes, you know, I'm really trying here. You really should give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry for what I did. It's water under the bridge. And she's like, well, it's no. not another water or the bridge for me. And he's like, you really need to let it go. And she's like, well, I can't. And you need to leave. So Max leaves. Mama hears everything. And Mama basically says that Max is bad news and Jake seems really, really sweet. Next day rolls around. She gets a call from Jake. Okay. And Jake wants to take her out for for dinner. Mm-hmm. 
but she agrees. Um, and they go to a restaurant out of town a ways, um, a little Italian restaurant. And they have a really amazing date. They head it off. Everything's great. Everything's good. Um, as they're leaving the restaurant, though, she bumps into this stunning woman. Like, this woman is gorgeous. However, the guy that's on her arm doesn't seem to be somebody that you would have such a beautiful woman with. He's got money. Yeah, he has money. Well, she does a double take and finds out that beautiful, stunning woman is the mistress for Brian. So well, I thought clearly... she was, like, nothing to look at. I know, right? Okay. Okay. Clearly, she's actually quite the stunner. Mm-hmm. Not only that, she's with another man. So, clearly, she's not that sad about... She's not that Brad. broken up about yeah. it. Well, Susan doesn't really give that much thought to it. She just thinks it's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. However, she's on a date with Jake, and she doesn't want to have that... That the, It was a rule on the date that they could not talk about the, the case. Case, okay. Well, they get out to the car, and all four of Jake's tires are slashed. slashed. Yes! Okay, 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 okay. And... Jake is horribly mad, apologizes profusely to Susan and how he ruined the evening, and she goes, no, it is not your fault. I know exactly who slashed your tires, because I saw him staring at us on the way out of town. And he and Jake goes, who? And she's like, Max. Mm-hmm. And he's like, your ex-husband drove all the way out here to slash my tires. And she's like, I guarantee you that is exactly what he did. So they call AAA. AAA gets everything fixed up, and Jake takes her back to her house. Guess who's on her front porch? Max. What happens next? Okay, so, real quick, I have some predictions, but I'm going to get to those at the end. Just remind me about the predictions. Okay. What happens next is I think that Max is going to be drunk, and I think he's going to attempt to fight Officer Jake. It's not going to go well for him, Okay. Um, I also don't think that Max was the one that slipped the tires. I think Mistress is the one that slipped the tires because she was already there. Next prediction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Jake is the dirty cop. I think that's why it's going to be, it's going to be heart-wrenching. Um, at first, I thought she was going to get together with Officer Moore because I thought Officer Moore was going to be the dirty cop because he was too nice. But now, I think that the reason that Jake is putting himself in there and making himself the love interest is because he's the dirty cop. Um, in that, I had one more petition and I'm trying to remember what it is. Okay. George, old guy. Mm-hmm. What about him? Old cop, whatever. He's going to die at some point. Okay. I'm going real crazy here with my predictions, but these are, these are my predictions. Well, you were right. Jake and Max do get into a tiff. Was Max drunk? Yes. Yes. God, I'm so good. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yes. He is slightly off his game, just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susanna even points that out, like, hey, you're drunk. And you don't normally drink, Mm -hmm. so this is unlike you. It was a fueled rage look. However, Jake won't let it go. And immediately, when he sees somebody on the front porch, draws his gun and orders him out into the front so he can see them. Yeah. Because, of course, Susan's been threatened. He wants to protect Susan. Mm -hmm. This, that, and the other. And Max comes out. He's a little bit slurring. And... Jake orders him to show his hands. And I guess by showing his hands, maybe he saw some dirt or something or whatever and confirmed, yeah, you're the one that messed with my fucking tires. Okay. And so they try to, I mean, they don't get into a scuffle. They just have words back and forth. Susan pretty much goes, look, I'm done. Jake, go home. I'm sorry this evening failed. Hopefully you'll still want to go out with me next time. And he's like, yes, I will totally want to go out with you next time. Max hears this, and of course, he gets furious. He goes, I have been trying everything to get you back and do all these nice things. I even brought you roses at one point. You ruined it, bro. You slept with someone else. Like, he's like, he's like, I tried to bring you roses, and then you and me got into a fucking fight over something stupid, and it wasn't even my fault, and she pretty much lays it out for him. Like, look, you are my ex-husband. You slept with somebody. You had your chance. You lost your chance. I'm sorry. I don't want you in my life anymore. You need to leave. Max finally, I think, gets a hint at this point, and we really don't see him any further in the book. Okay. Um, 
And as Max is leaving, she does see a weird shadow off to the side by a tree. But she just takes that down as Jake was there and kind of just brushes Just maybe watching to make sure she's okay. Because he the shadow leaves at the same time Max passed the tree. So she kind of just thinks, okay, it was just Jake standing out there. Well, Mom, of course, is overhearing everything, wants to know what's going on. Pretty much gets into an argument with her daughter. Telling her daughter, look, you're getting in too deep. You need to stop. You're going to get hurt. Well, her and Suzanne get into an argument. And she pretty much tells her mama that, you know, if you're so effing worried, why don't you call the chief of police and try to make him understand I'm not lying. This is serious. And he needs to take my my safety serious. And not just pretend that it means anything. Yeah. And she storms out of the house. And her mama screams after her, like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to the park because I need to get out of here. So Susan is walking around at night in a park by herself. Yeah. Yeah. We can only assume what's going to happen. I already said earlier in my earlier prediction that something was going to happen. Someone was going to follow her. Something crazy was going to happen. Or her shop was getting broken into. Yeah. So she's at her thinking tree. And now she's thinking through. She tries to ponder on the case where she's like, okay... The wife really seems kind of weird. The mistress seems kind of weird. Both of the companies seem kind of weird. So... Everyone has some type of motive. Everybody still has some type of motive. I can't cross anybody off. And as she's sitting there thinking, she doesn't realize someone is coming up behind her and grabs her very, very roughly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's wigging out. She's trying to wiggle free. And he pr- the, the person behind her says, if you don't stop... I'm going to make it hurt worse. And if you don't butt out, it's going to, you know, I warned you if you didn't butt out, it was going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And so Susan is thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get away. I got to get away from this person. So she bites down on the person's hand and, you know, the shock of it gets away. Or no, doesn't bite down. She like rams her nails. I'm sorry. She rams her nails into that person's like arm, Mm -hmm. like up like arm and dashes off and basically runs back to her and her mama's like oh my gosh what happened and she tells her mama what happened and she basically <laughs> says did you call the chief of police and her mama's like no i know how much you hate him and she's like well now's a good time to call the chief of police yeah right so the chief of police comes and is is interviewing Susan and Susan is literally telling him everything that happened and he's kind of brushing it off. He's not taking it seriously. He's like pretty much berating Susan for getting involved into a crime that, you know, she doesn't need to be butting in. You're making it worse for my cops. You were always a nuisance. And she's like, the only reason you hate me is because my mama didn't marry you. She married somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, of course she gets reprimanded by her mama for that. But it's true. And her mama even points it out. Like, you need to take my daughter's safety seriously. You don't... This is not a joke. Yeah. And he's like, we are trying to take it seriously. However, I can't protect your daughter if your daughter goes and does stupid shit. Yeah. And so, officer leaves. And... um, Or, no, officer doesn't. The chief of police doesn't leave. He basically tells them, we have officers searching the park, Moore and Grant, um, and a few other ones. And Grant comes to the front door and goes... It's, nobody's there. Everything's clear. I don't... There's... Nothing was even left. Yeah. And so... Chief Police is like, look, there's nothing I can do tonight. Let us do our investigation. Stay out of it. Mm-hmm. At this point, Susan's like, fuck no, I ain't staying out of this shit. You're mm-hmm. not taking it seriously. Nobody's taking it seriously. I have to figure out who killed Brian. Period. Well, next day, George comes in and is telling... Um, Susan, kind of, that he got some weird gossip from the bank that the secretary was infatuated with her boss, but it wasn't mutually returned. Okay. And that she's going to try to skip town. So, Susan basically tells the secretary, hey, you know, before you skip town, I found that... I found that, you know, Brian, the widower found that Brian had left you some money and I want to give it to you before you leave. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm pretty much leaving tomorrow. Like, I'm getting out of here. 
And Susan's like, well, it, it did look like there was a 20 at least in there. I don't know exactly how much is in this envelope, but, I mean, it's yours. Don't you want it? And she's like, she finally basically gets the secretary to agree and was like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. And they agree to meet up the next morning. And she would give her the money. So Grace comes into the shop later that day, and she and Susan goes, we need to go back to these businesses and try to figure out if they are involved. So they, Grace is like, totally I'm on board. No problem at all. So they get into the car. They start driving out to the um, insurance brokerage place, and Susan notices that there's a cop car following her. Keeping distance, however, it's following them. And Grace is kind of, like, weirded out by this. However, by the time they pull into the um, insurance brokerage place, the cop car's gone. Mm -hmm. It's just gone. So their cover for that is that they're going to go in. Grace is going to be this wealthy millionaire, and she needs help investing her money, and Grace is just the assistant. And Susan is just the assistant. Mm -hmm. They're able to figure out that... The owner of the brokerage and Brian are drinking buddies, and every once in a while, Brian will float him a, you know, a work piece here and there, Mm -hmm. and that's really all that they do. They never do anything other than work. Mm -hmm. So Susan goes, okay, you know what, fine, this guy's clean. He has no reason to be in this at all. Like, what is there to do? Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, we know that the shady, the shady company is the instruction company. Mm Mm-hmm. So they, as they go into the instruction company, they pose as two liaisons for this really wealthy benefactor who wants to build a house. And at first they were barred by the secretary again, saying, no, 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 you can't go in, you can't see this guy, he's really, really busy. Well, they pretty much put up the front that they want to, like, spend billions and trillions of dollars. Yeah. And she basically, the secretary was like, oh, well, Mr. So-and-so finally has a opening real quick because somebody just canceled. Is now, can you, can you go back right now? So he go, they go back and Susan and Grace start talking to the construction guy and... Of course, he's feeding exactly the information that he, you know, that they fed to the secretary so they know that they were listening in on what the conversation was. And he really doesn't give much information. Yeah, Brian would float me some business here and there in regards to construction. But that was really it. She does notice that there is a broken model in the trash can and that the person that they're speaking to weirdly resembles the man that was with the mistress at the night that Susan ran into her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she puts that together as well. Maybe the construction guy killed off Brian because he wanted the mistress all for himself. Mm-hmm. And Grace is like, yeah, that's totally plausible. Love makes you do crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> and so she pretty much gro- drops J- Grace off at her house And she gets ready to go see the secretary the next day. But before she does anything else, she gets in her car and decides to make one more attempt to the widower. Which makes no sense really in the story because she really got all the information. But what the fuck? We'll go back there anyways. Yeah, right. This time, however, the widower basically is angry at the fact that Susan shows up for a third time. Yeah. And starts pushing again. And she goes, look... I don't understand what you want. I've told the cops everything. I even showed them the photos. And Susan goes, photos, I don't understand what's going on. She's like, my alibi is that I was sitting at a diner across the way all fucking night waiting to show my husband or to get photo images of my husband cheating on me with this lady. However, it didn't turn out to be him. It turned out to be some other schmuck. But I was still going to use them to show Brian that he doesn't need to be with her and he should really be with me. And she's like, do you still have these photos? And she's like, yes, I showed the cops these. And so she gets out these photos and she shows Grace that she was at the diner across from a motel at like, until like two or three, or no, at midnight she takes a photo of the mistress walking into a hotel room at like two. 45, like, whenever. She takes another photo of the newspaper for that day 
and then the construction worker and the mistress walking out of the building at the same time. Mm-hmm. So Susan goes, well, great. I don't have anybody anymore. Both of the businesses are up for grabs. Both of the ladies have alibis. Mm-hmm. It has to be the secretary then. So she goes back to her house. She gets everything ready to go for tomorrow. She wakes up early, drives over to the bakery, and waits for the secretary to show up. The secretary shows up in a moving van, but it's already there and seems to be slumped down in her chair. What do you think happens? Okay, so the secretary drives up in the moving van, or she gets She's there, already... there's a moving van outside, and the secretary is slumped down in her chair. Yes. Okay, secretary's dead, okay? Secretary is not alive. Um, I also think that I'm going to go back to my original plot point that Officer Moore did it. Um, he's the dirty cop. The reason being, two reasons. One, I thought so in the beginning. Two, um, Grant and Moore were the ones that investigated the park. Only Grant was the one that showed back up to give the report, not Moore. So maybe it's because Moore was already there. He was already at the park. He's doing dirty cop stuff. And then three, I just feel it. I feel it in my bones. Um, so I think Moore is dirty. I think he killed the secretary because the secretary knew too much. Mm-hmm. And also she was trying to leave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which I think he probably should have just let her, but then he can't control what she says, maybe. I'm not maybe. entirely sure. Um, but I do think that he is a dirty cop working with construction guy. Mm-hmm. Because mm. I don't think that the mistress knew that she was only getting a thousand dollars. I think she thought it was going to be more, and they were going to share the money together. Do so you think the more and the mistress are in on this? I think more is the dirty cop mm-hmm. that's working with it, but I think the construction worker and the mistress are the ones that, that arranged killed. Brian's death. Okay. 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 All right. So Susan goes and taps on the window and startles awake the secretary. Shoot, she's she's alive. All right, <laughs> and pretty much, um, you know, the secretary is like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I was up so late last night packing and getting ready for this move. I must have just fallen asleep. Do you have my fucking money?" And Susan's like, "Well, why don't you come in? I'll make you a pot of coffee." So she opens the shop, lets the secretary in, and. She makes him a cup of coffee, and the secretary sits down and, like, look, I need to go. I am I need to get out of this town. I'm, I'm over this. And Susan's like, well, I don't understand. What's so wrong with you working at the bank? She's like, everybody was backstabbing there. You know, everybody was mean to me because I was so in love with Brian, and, you know, I can't believe that he, you know, never wanted to be with me, and everybody is talking horrible smack about me because of this. I just need a clean slate. I need a new start. And so she kind of pushes a little bit more with the secretary, but the secretary really doesn't have anything. She says she gives a, a solid alibi. Susan slides her the envelope and leaves and just lets her leave. So Susan finishes up for the day. Her first client, of course, is always George. George. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So George comes in and pretty much tell, you know, is talking to Susan. And Susan's like, hey, George, did you ever hear about, you know, who he, Brian was talking to or you know anything more about that dirty cop and he's like no I haven't heard anything more about the dirty cop however apparently Brian was last seen talking to Officer Grant in the park right before Ooh, he died. wasn't expecting that one but okay but but if Grant and Moore are partners my guess could still be correct mm-hmm. okay continue okay so that was a weird little like tidbit that they throw in there. Um, also, a weird little tidbit is that as she was sleuthing, she finds a parking ticket that has a weird seven in it mm-hmm. that has like a slash across it. But at the time, she really oh, doesn't. Oh, the weird seven from the the, from the thing from yes. the guy at the bank. Yes. Okay. But she doesn't really pay any mind. The author really doesn't even point it out until later, right now. Yeah. Um, and she gives it to George, and George looks like no, it's a valid parking ticket. However, like, the timestamp on it could be, like, a meeting, like, hey, meet at this place, you know, in code, and a lot of people write their sevens like that, uh-huh. because a lot of people go to the same school. Yeah. That had the same teacher. So, George pretty much, t- like, basically tells Susan that the ticket is kind of like a way for them to, like, talk maybe to each other, uh-huh. um, but tells her to be safe, don't do anything stupid, you know, every everything else. So... Susan pretty much, like, wraps up her day early. She actually ends up taking the leftover donuts this time to the church where Max had been practicing um, with a traveling company uh, production. So they're in their 
their training right now. So she goes in and she's like, okay, I have to drop these off to off with the father. However, the father's not in his office. So she hunts down the father and goes, hey, here's these donuts. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't in my office. I was, you know, peeking in on the production company to see how they were getting along. And she also looks into and she sees Max doing what he's doing. He's doing really well and is enjoying himself. But she also notices that Max has this big band-aid on his arm. So she's like, okay, hang on. Why would Max come to the woods and scare me like that? Like, that's not like him. Uh-huh. So she then thinks the father and goes about her day. And as she's going through this, she keeps thinking, well, maybe he did do it just to rattle me up. Like, you know, that and the other. She, But she's like, well, maybe there's other, you know... She also starts thinking along the line that maybe Grant is the dirty cop because he was last seen with Brian. So she decides to call George and go, or no, she calls Jake. And Jake's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And she's like, hey, I know this is going to be a really weird question, but is Grant acting funny at all today? And he's like, well, no, I guess not. She's like, is he saying anything about his arm? And Jake's like, yeah, actually, he did say something where he was cutting down a tree and scraped his arm up really bad. He has a bandage across it. And she's like, okay, that's really weird. Anybody else acting weird? And he's like, no, everybody else is acting fine. So now Susan is thinking it's either Max or it's Grant. Mm-hmm. So she goes about her day, closes up shop. Um, goes back to the donut shop to close up shop. As she's closing up shop, guess who shows up? I actually don't know this one. What? More. No. No, why would more show up? I don't know, because I still think he's the bad guy. Okay, who? Max. Oh, again. <laughs> Shit. Okay. So Max shows up at the restaurant, or at her donut diner. Shop. At donut yeah. shop again. Again, with a huge bouquet of roses. And, like pleads to her trying to get back and they get into an argument and i'm talking an argument Mm -hmm. to the fact that max in a fit of rage starts smashing the roses on top of her car oh jesus yes and so she also confronts him at that time about his arm and it's being bandaged and he's like I was working with a prop. The prop fell on me. I had to brace myself. I used my arm. I'm also, that's why it scratched yeah. up. And she's like, I don't believe you. And after that fit of burst of rage, I totally think you could, you could have done what you did mm-hmm. and try to scare me in the woods. He's like, why would I have done that when I've tried all this time to get back together with you? And she's like, I want you to prove it. And he like rips off the bandage and she can see exactly that it it's is. It's just like a prop thing, It's a, yeah. it's scraping. It's not her nails. So she tries to apologize, and Max goes, no, I'm just done. I'm done. Okay, you know what? Good. Bye. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, does she probably feel shitty? Yeah, but, like, come on. So, um, after Max leaves, Susan is a little bit shaken up, but decides that it's best to loop Jack in to what's going on. And who she thinks the dirty cop is, which is Grant. So she tries to call Jake and it goes straight to his voicemail. And he, she's like, hey, I have this information for you. You know. If Jake is dead, I'm going to be so upset. Give me a call. Blah, blah, blah. She goes back home. She sleeps for the night. Gets up the next day. Goes into work. Starts, you know, working as normal. And she tries to call Jake again. Of course, it goes straight to voicemail. The After she... It goes to voicemail. She continues working, but she hears this big, giant thud at the door of her donut shop. What happens? Final dead outside. Final guesses on who did it. I'm doubling down on Officer Moore. I really think it was Officer Moore. I don't think that he's been involved enough in the story, and I think they did that so that it's like a really crazy surprise ending. I am really double, triple downing on Officer Moore. Um... I don't think it was the construction guy. I think that... Well, the construction guy has an alibi. 
Yes, cons- yeah, because construction guy and, and mistress both have an alibi or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that the banker with the weird sevens has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I really, I don't think it's Grant. I think if Grant is involved, it was only to scare her on behalf of Officer Moore. I really think that Officer Moore is the bad guy. Okay. Double down. I'm done. You ready? I'm, I'm ready. Closer? I'm ready. Okay. So Susan goes to the front of her bakery and sees Jake slumping down with a giant red smear along the glass. She wrenched opens the glass and it. grabs to pull him in. As she does as she does so, Officer Moore comes in through with a gun yes, and I starts pouring <laughs> and starts pointing and monologuing about why he did what he did. I guess Brian got onto the fact that you know he was a dirty cop, that he'd been taking bribes and all this other stuff. From the guy at the bank. Yes. Okay. Brian is the guy from the bank he realized that Moore was the dirty cop and he was going to out him. Mm -hmm. The reason why he was talking to Grant was probably trying to out him. Yeah. However, didn't work. Didn't work. And so Moore pushes them into the back of the uh, donut shop and... Is Jake still alive at this point? I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm just very concerned for Jake's well-being. And basically has Jake thrown on the floor. Susan is between her workstation and the frying area and she hits him with hot oil fuck you did it did she really yes i'm so good at this keep going keep going keep going (laughs) okay so of course um officer moore continues to monologue jake stumbles up and accidentally knocks over all of her mixing bowls that gives her the opportunity to grab her giant long rolling pin and throw it into the hot oil that splashes up and hits officer moore in the face She then, you know, puts pressure on Jake's wound. They call um, the cops. Um, and she figures out the only reason that Officer Moore um, did what he did was, again, to stop Brian from find, pretty much showing that he was a dirty cop. He used his personal truck to kill and move the body the only reason he dumped the body in front of donut hearts is because he knew that susan was an upstanding citizen and would call the police and he was the only one on patrol that night that would answer the call yeah so he stashed his truck down an alleyway a few blocks over it that car is still there how that car is still there and isn't like i have no idea it's still there and so He was pretty much, she was poking around too much. Jake was poking around too much. So he had to get rid of loose ends. And that's why he went after Jake. Because Jake had figured out that he was the dirty cop. And, yeah. Okay, so, the marks on Grant. Was Grant trying to help more then? No. So, Grant actually is a clean cop. He was actually cutting down trees. So, did Moore have a... Mark on his arm, too, that just no one knew about? Okay. Yeah, because he'd been wearing long sleeves. Gotcha. Ugh. Okay, so I definitely got some things wrong. I was trying to be really overdramatic. I said George was going to die and her place was going to get beat up, but, like... I really did think George, though, was going to end up dead. Yeah, I mean, he's just too nice of a guy. Nice guys nice in a murder a mystery like that, they always die. Yeah. Um, especially when people are threatening to make it worse on her. Yeah. Kill off no, the nice like, guy. No, like, he was, like, know. that good, good buddy cop that I was... He's dead. He's a dead guy. I did pretty good, so I guessed more from the beginning. Now, okay, I did how second did you guess, guess myself more from the beginning because he. Uh, okay. okay, my notes was like was was I mean, like I was like, well, it's no James Patterson, but it's cute. Yeah, I mean that was like a good thing. I love the bakery aspect in mystery novels. Mm-hmm. That's why I honestly chose that. Like, yes, it fits. Like you know, June actually is um, National Donut Day on June fifth, mm-hmm. uh, but like. And it's a sweet treat. It's kind of fun for a summer read. But I just, I love the baking aspect in murder mysteries. I feel like it adds, like, another layer to the book. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to maybe throw in there is, does it follow the Scooby-Doo rule? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It is the first person The first person that you meet is your villain. Is your is your murderer. I got so fucking mad. Okay, I because say, I really believed it was person, Grant. The first person that you meet 
after the murder. It's not the first person in general, because right. usually that's like a friend or a family member or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But the first person that you meet <clears throat> after a major murder is who done it. Um, I was really thinking it was Grant for a long time mm-mm. because Grant kept popping up in like really random situations. Like, he, yeah, he came to the front door and said, "Oh yeah, everything's clear." He was saw with Brian right before he died, talking in the park about some unknown thing. Grant it's was too really obvious. Grant. Grant was really standoffish with her, but yet he doesn't like sports. So why would he have anything like sports related? And that's how Susan actually figures out who who did it because she realizes literally at the end of the book she realizes it wasn't a tiger it was a panther and more loves the panthers. panthers and he was arrogant enough to gloat in front of my face because he knew i didn't have any information on him so in the very beginning i thought it was more just because you started saying that he was frazzled but he apologized because it's the first time he never dealt with it or whatever no he was frazzled because he did it okay but then I let, I let myself, I let it get the better of me. And I was like, Jake's only trying to date her to put himself into mm-hmm. her investigation and get more information out of her and to right. take it off of him. And I let myself be fooled. I let myself be fooled. There, there, there are moments in the book, like I didn't go into exact full on details. I kind of tried to give you the whole view. Yeah. There are parts in the book where even the chief of police, like, one day sits outside of her restaurant for, like, a good three, four hours trying to get her wound up and goes inside and pretty much proclaims, don't date Jake. Jake's a bad person. Don't do it. Um, Come to find out the reason Jake is the way he is is because he actually saw his wife die in a side-on collision. So he was driving them home after their, like, anniversary dinner, and a drunk driver uh, T-boned them, and she died on site. That's terrible. That is terrible. Like, that's the way he, that's why he's the way he is. But, yeah, as soon as you said that thing about how they were searching the park, and then mm-hmm. only Grant came back to report and more didn't. I was like, nah, more did it. Is more. More did it. Because okay, they so- were not both searching the park. Grant searched the park and didn't want to tell the chief. More did it. More did it. Like <sighs> Yeah. But also, I I will say that I was cheating just a little bit because before we got into the recording, you said I was not expecting the ending. I wasn't. And when you said there was a good cop, nah. No, bad, dirty cop. No, but, like, that more seemed like a good cop. Like, he he was frazzled, but this is his first time, and he even apologized for it, joked around with her about it. Mm-hmm. And then you really don't hear much out of him the rest of the book. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy ending. No one's going to expect that. Mm-hmm. But I've read so many murder mysteries at this point that, like... And you've listened to so many actual murders. Right? Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you know how many serial killer documentaries I've watched? Well, I'm glad so you saw it because I literally put down... Where did Officer Moore come from? Dot, dot, dot. Like, like really. Like, but that's what? the point, is they hid him in the background so that it would be more of a shock. And then I put down, was the villain um, basically overthrown because he monologued? Yes. Yeah. Are you kidding uh, me? Every villain is overthrown for monologuing. See? That's how you, if you want to take over the world, do it like Ultron. Don't monologue. Don't monologue. <laughs> no. No. And then I actually gave props to Grace for being the best Watson ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is the Watson to Susan. And I loved it so much. I still only gave it a 3 out of 5. I'm sorry, guys. Like, this is very your average vanilla murder mystery mm-hmm. novel. It's not a James Patterson novel. See, it's I might not. have given it more only because I do love murder mysteries. I don't like James Patterson. No, okay, hang on a second. Would you give this a four out of five? I mean, I thought this was super fun. Okay, so far, it sounds super fun. I was invested in the characters. And, and I, I wanted to know what happened. However, it's definitely not going to be a five out of five for me because I guessed the ending at the beginning of the book, okay? Well, there's my difference. I didn't so, guess So, as far as predictability goes, it has to be a four right off the bat. If I if I feel like I'm going to mm-hmm. guess everything, it automatically deducts a point. Um, I mean, like I said, I wasn't able to read it, so I can't give it a solid answer. But just based on what you described to me, I'm going to give it maybe between a three thought, and a four. I thought it was very well thought out. Like, when... When it came down to, this is why she went here, this is why she went there, these are the disguises that they kind of came up with. Even though they weren't disguises, she literally wore a suit jacket 
And the people that she originally brought those donuts to could not place her. Like, I'm so sorry, but I'm having a very... She even, like, Grace even goes, like, there's no way that they did not... They will not recognize you. And she's like, I guarantee you they won't know who the heck I am because all they were focused on was the box of donuts in my hands. And it's all about what is presented. So it sounds like if you guys didn't read this, and for some reason you listened to this whole episode, first of all, why? But to secondly, play along. that was really fun. If you still want to read it, um, or or whatever, mm-hmm. it's once again Glaze Murder by Jessica Beck. Um, this is book one in, I believe, a seven or eight book like adventure. The actual series is called The Donut Shop Mysteries. Yep. Um, so if you just want to go look up the whole thing, maybe you can find an even better deal by buying in a series or something. I don't know. Yeah, there are box sets out there that'll have like box one through four in it and then like But yeah, definitely let us know what you guys rated it. Um, if you've read any of the other ones, let mm-hmm. us know how you like those. Yep. Um, and yeah. Um, we are going to go ahead and skip an outro this month. Um, no, we're not skipping. We're just going to put it in late. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's going to be late. Sorry. Yeah. So if for some reason um, I'm dropping it already in July, um, do you want to give out our July book or do you just want to do that late in July? I'm going to tease it at the end of the other one. Okay. Making sure. So I won't do that now, but we have another July book as always. Um, go ahead and read along with us. Mm-hmm. Instagram us. You reading it. Tell us your synopsis halfway through or have fun like I did and tweet at us and let us know what you think is going to happen and pre- and just predict the end of the book. Did I actually you honestly think it's like super see, fun. Did you honestly see Officer Moore as the dirty cop that killed Brian? I'm just good. I'm good. I mean, I, I thought mean, other crazy stuff was going to happen. I thought George was going to die and her place was going to get shot up. So, I mean, my, I, th- I mean, my average non-sleuthing brain was like, where the fuck did this guy come from? I know. <laughs> he wasn't even weird neighbor. I was like, it's Grant. It has to be Grant. Grant's dirty cop. Dirty, dirty cop. <laughs> but, but yeah, so read along with us um, on this one. I mean, you still got some time, obviously. I mean, you can read them whenever, but. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, next week or week and a half two weeks whenever we end up dropping our uh, our wrap up we mm-hmm. can let you guys know what we're reading for next month and you guys can read along with us on that one too anyway anything else before we wrap it up um no okay I'm, I'm, I'm all set I I had a blast with this this was so much fun uh, well, I, this is not our typical book review episode. No, guys. and next month will not be going like that. Uh, Thrift Books has not let me down on the rest of the year for books. So uh, uh, you girl will be reading them. Don't worry about that. Yes. Um, the only other time that I think we're not reading the same book is birthday month. Yes. Because that's a dealer's choice. That is very much dealer's choice. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And this was Wine, Wine and Dine. Dine. Look, nine times out of ten, all right, when you have a nice guy and the police don't suspect him or he's a cop, he did it, okay? Especially in a in a fake thing. So, like, in real serial killer scenarios, it's almost never a cop, but the cops never think it's him. For some reason, he had an alibi or they just thought he was too nice of a guy mm-hmm. or... Um, I don't know. They got him on like a really small charge, but not a big charge. I don't know. They never think it's him ever. Okay. And, but when you're reading a murder mystery, anytime there's a nice guy, he's either the villain or he ends up dead. He's either the bad guy that hurts the protagonist that way, or he's dead and it hurts the protagonist's feelings. Okay. So there's multiple good guys. George and Jake are both good guys and they made it out of alive. Okay. I said nine times out of 10. In this case, it's eight times out of 10 because they put too many good guys in this, but (laughs) technically you could even add Grant. (laughs) You know, okay. Seven. Look, my math might not be right, but I'm telling you (laughs) that is how I did this. I am amazing.